Well, welcome. This is a show dedicated to technology conversations in Ghana. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashron and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. Why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more with First National Bank? A big question with a very simple answer. Go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. First National Bank business account is more than just an ordinary you know bank account that's just lying around well it's a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business this includes features like the award-winning online banking enterprise um, straightforward global payment solution trade solutions and merchant services you can also actually choose an account that suits your particular sector this can be anything from a quick to public sector to everything else in between so just go ahead and visit first national bank.com.gh and opt to have one of the consultants call you and basically um you know just walk you through everything you need to know alternatively you can pop into any of their branches either at the crown mall um, junction mall makola mall west hills mall achimota mall tamakomiti 11 jian towers or you can head on to the head office branch uh, my favorite at the accra financial center building well we know that business is more than just business to you and that is why you should seek help from the people who are willing to give you help first national bank ghana is a company i'm talking about it's a subsidiary of the first run group of south africa first national bank how can we help you on the show today we have a very kind of different conversation um so we have a young man who was a basic school tutor, decided to head off in a completely different direction and decided to be a software programmer and everything else that comes with taking advantage of the technology space. 
And I just felt that that was a story that we needed to tell, first of all. And I think that someone with that sort of perspective gives us a more realistic view of what the tech ecosystem in Ghana looks like, what the challenges are, and the lessons we can learn from there. And so, in the studio with me, I have Mike Perry Yabwa Atara, who will be sharing with us his story. And hopefully, you can learn a thing or two from that, um, even as you um, trudge along in this um, tech ecosystem of ours we're trying to build. It's going to be a great conversation. I do hope you stick and stay for it. We also have the app segment and the training segment, um, as well as your tech coming up on the show today. But you can be a part of the conversation uh, by simply doing a couple of very simple things. And I'll be telling you about that in just a bit. <music> Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you are battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. So it was, it was a couple of months ago when I got a message. I think it was either on WhatsApp or it was on WhatsApp, yes. Um, and my guest in the studio basically just reached out and said, listen, um, this is who I am. This is what I have been doing. And, you know, I just thought to share the story with you. And initially, I wasn't really sure. Ah, who was this guy? Who was this guy who just sent me a random message? But um, after digging around a bit, um, I just I just felt that, this was such a beautiful story that we had to tell. And so my guest in the studio, without much introduction, Mike Perry Yabua Atari is my guest in the studio. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Um, it's a real pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you, Philip. Um, so by way of introductions, in case people don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are today um, before we get back into the time machine and head back into the past and build a story from there? So my name is Mike Perry Atara, a software developer living Nosu Accra here, who has a background as a basic school teacher. I see. I mean, so let's let's get back to basic. What what subjects were you teaching? So I was teaching science. Okay. But sometimes I t teach mathematics and ICT as well. I see. So is that where the interest probably came from, or it's always been there, and you just needed to find you know something to do, so you went into teaching? So I think the interest has been there. Mm. I think when I, I was actually schooled in the rural area, so I was Where? okay, Dodo Pepesu. Okay. So in Oti region, formerly Volta region. Right. So I was only seeing computer in a book. So mm. the first time I saw a computer was when I came to Accra okay. to attend SS at St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay. So I actually fell in love with the machine and I started playing around with it. So was it like, being tutored to play around with it or you were just experimenting and just going along with the flow? I was actually experimenting with it. I remembered my brother had a 
computer at home. I can be playing Zoom or Nate the next morning and still go to school as if nothing happened. I see. Like, so what were some of the things that you were doing with, with the computer back then? So then it was just about playing with it. So nothing serious, like maybe trying to build something out of it. Just about fancy, okay, you can just play computer games. Mostly. Like animations. <laughs> Mostly computer games yeah. or writing some letter or something. Random or like not letter. So I think by then, I, I wasn't having internet connection at mm -hmm. home. So sometimes I spent time at the internet cafe on Facebook. So I can't remember even my dad was thinking that was when fraud was really on the high around 2009, 2010. And every young guy going to the cafe was deemed to be like mm. a froster. Mm. What was that like? Well, I think I faced a lot of opposition, even my parents, like, you're always going to the cafe. What are you going to do there? Even my classmates, some of them were thinking like, ah, I think Mike is also trying to get into fraud or something. But actually, so what it's were something you I've there? never attempted. What were you doing there? So by then it was more about like just going online, like chatting on Facebook, like just connecting. It was just fascinating seeing, okay, I can just be here and I just talk to someone outside. I see. And where did the teaching come in? So through that, I wanted to study computer science by my dad. That was 2000. My dad just told me, okay, he doesn't have enough money. And speaking with some friends, they advised that I go to either nursing training or teacher's training college. So through that, I could get some allowance to support myself. So it was like, I don't have any option. So I agreed. But looking at what I actually want to do, I actually op opted in for the teaching. Mm. So mm. that's how I came. I went to And you're teaching, college. like you said, computer science, math, and... Science, mathematics, Science. and ICT. Yeah. Science, mathematics, and ICT. Yeah. For how long did you do that? So I taught for almost three years. So September 2016 to May 2019. Tell, tell us about, because I'm guessing all through that time you still wanted to learn a lot more about programming and using computers for something else apart from playing a game or chatting on Facebook. So I think my first introduction to programming was when I was in Aquinas. So we had a, a national service personnel. So he actually introduced us to a programming through Dreamweaver. But as time goes on, he was transferred. His uh, national service ended, so he left. So he actually died off there. So my real journey into tech actually started around 2015 when my auntie in the U.S. got me a laptop. So that's when I actually started. It was HP Envy, which was touchscreen. My first laptop was actually touchscreen. What was that like, though? Like So by then, I actually learned some graphic designing. So I was doing graphic oh, design. So she actually brought it, like, thinking I was going into graphic design. Oh, thinking? But Why? That, that's not what happened. <laughs> no. What happened? <laughs> I actually went back to like the computer science I actually wanted to do. Mm. I realized like, is this something that I can actually learn on my own without actually going to school for that. So. Was it because of the unavailability of funds? Because sometimes that's what it is. Or you just felt that you wanted to do this on your own terms? So in, uh, the initial it was the unavailability of funds. 
and so i mean because typically most people would just i mean the money's not there the money's not there you know so so what made you still decide to push on and still learn more about programming so i've learned something about me I'm, I'm, i can be very persistent if i really set my eye to something i'll actually go do everything possible like lawfully hmm. Really. <laughs> Legally, <laughs> I like that. So, so this is you with an HP Envy laptop, with everybody thinking you're going to do graphics, yeah. but then you decide that you want to learn to be a programmer. Walk us through that learning process. So I started reading blog posts, sometimes watching videos on YouTube. So by then I don't have access to most of the premium resources I have access to now. So it was a bit like running around. So I remember those days I don't really have money. So sometimes I have to wait midnight and bundle those empty. So my grandma and my mom, I remember even my mom saying, hey, my kubenya antenna bleeding. <laughs> yeah, because like, you're always with the computer. Why are you always with the computer? So. But all like I know what I was actually doing, but they don't really understand. What were the things that you were learning? So initially, because I'm self-taught, I've done a lot of like things I don't do now. Like I did something called Ruby on Rails. I think some time ago I was looking at a WordPress, but it actually didn't fascinate me enough. So it was something I didn't pursue. I did something in Java. I did some angular. I did uh, actually quite a lot of things. <laughs> Experimenting with yeah. all of that. And what what did that process teach you though? So I think yeah, it has empowered me with the concept, like the basic understanding of most of the things. And because I've also learned from different instructors, different people. So you know sometimes how someone will explain something, someone else would explain it differently. Mm. So it gives you a, a broader view of the concept. So I think that's one thing that has really helped me. Do you think it would have been different if you had gone to a school, for example, to, to study us against being self-taught? I think if I've gone to a school, it would have actually empowered me more because it's something that I've really been passionate about. Mm. So being self-taught was actually the longer route to where you wanted to get to? Yeah. That's interesting. But there was one thing that you said that I found interesting, though. Um the diverse opinions and the views from different instructors has it made you a better program in in your view yes mm. it has mm. Mm. anyway so um listeners if you just tuned in we are having a conversation um um with 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 a math science tutor who decided to i don't know for want of a better phrase ditch the classroom and follow his passions of being a programmer basically and we're trying to understand his journey how he got here and some of the lessons that we can pick up from there about the ecosystem that we're trying to build and some of the opportunities that we can make available to people to basically follow this same path or the same dream so you started learning um so while you were basically staying up literally at night at midnight because of data bundles and yeah. things like that and just learning so you learned literally anything and everything you can anything. come across. Like initially it was almost everything. Once I read an article and they start talking about this technology, I'm going to look at it. 
but now I think I'm more focused. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so so what are you focused on now? So now that my major stack, what I do mostly is JavaScript and React and Node. Mm. Yeah. And even and though I do some Python as well, but my main stack any day will be JavaScript. What made you decide on those as your areas of focus? So, as I mentioned, because I've done quite a lot of things, I've realized there are more opportunities with JavaScript, and it actually gets the work I want to do, get, it gets done, so I just maintain that for now. So now you're an independent developer almost. Yeah, I work independently, but what? I also applying to some of the companies. Mm. But I actually want challenging problems, so it's not everywhere that I actually want to put myself. That's interesting. Define a challenging problem. Okay, so like in text, for instance, working for a company like MTM Vodafone, you know, the customer base is huge. Like when you are solving a problem in such an environment, you know, you are dealing with huge number. You cannot, you cannot afford to make a mistake, to mm. make a system go down. But working with a smaller company, we are just experimenting. Sometimes you can have the lean way. Mm. So I feel like I wanted to work in more challenging place where you don't have the lineage, you must make sure whatever you are doing is really efficient. And that pushes you. Yeah. The ecosystem, and I'm asking this because a lot of other people I've, I've spoken to have said they've seen you in so many different um, either it is a conference or some speaking place or like you are everywhere everybody knows you everywhere um what did those things do for you and your career and where you are today oh so one thing i think the community does is people get to know you they know what you do and when there is opportunity they can easily share with you mm. and i think that has really helped me a lot i literally get people talk to me oh my there's this opportunity like we really want to have a look at it. And so that is that is because you know, people f just feel that like we operate basically in a lot of silos a lot of the time where everybody is like keeping to themselves, I'm developing my own thing. But from what you're saying, we have a more communal sort of tech ecosystem where there's a lot of collaboration. I don't know what your thoughts are about Yeah, but I think there's more work to be done. Mm. Even though they are communities, but the developers, most of us are still feeling like I can just do my own thing. But when you come to the community, it actually helps. Sometimes uh, emotionally, psychologically, you know, sometimes when you are doing something alone, programming is not something that uh, a lot of people see outside to be very easy, but it's actually very complex. Sometimes you may be having a problem you are trying to solve, like you are not finding headway. Like, if you are not careful, you can just break your computer screen. <laughs> but so sometimes when you know, oh, there's this person, okay, let me just talk to this person. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, sometimes having a second uh, a pair of eyes, someone actually looking over or saying, okay, why don't you try this way? It really is, is that Is that support system readily available here in Ghana? Such that when you, you, you know that there is there's a group of people I can easily go to or something who can give me that second pair of eyes? So I would say it's both yes and no. Explain. Yes and no because yes, because I know they are available and I develop some people that I'm in that terms with 
and some people are also there but sometimes the time you are calling they might be busy mm. so some people feel like oh maybe i called this senior developer he did not respond to me so like he just shown me no mm. at that time probably he is also facing a serious challenge he has to deal with so sometimes we have to like limit how you go and sometimes i've had people also approach me to mentor them but i realize okay you have not really done your homework and some it, it you'll be surprised some people even send you messages as late as 11 p.m like <laughs> and expect that you respond. you respond like that's actually not fair even to me so i i would not expect like to send a message to someone at that time so sometimes it also counts how you approach it but I think there are a lot of communities available. It's up to the people to really come out. Mm. So just as you mentioned, I'm in the community. More developers have to come out, like come into the community, share your problems, and there's always someone to really help you. What do you think stops people from being this open and sharing their problems and looking for solutions? I think our upbringing in general, how we are raised in Ghana, sometimes our parents will tell you, you know we are this we don't have this resource don't go and find trouble so sometimes like going now the person is already protecting himself hey i will not go and do this what if i get into trouble so there's more of a fear factor type yeah and some people also are afraid to share their problems they feel like sharing needs this person will make fun of me but i think that's one of my strengths i'm not afraid to tell you if I don't know it, I'll tell you. For this, I, I don't know it. Mm. And if you are ready to teach me, fine. I'm ready to learn as well. If you're not ready. Yeah, I move on. Like, mm. now I'm at a level where, like, nothing really uh, disturbs me so much. Like, maybe I'll be worried now, but within a few minutes, like, it just die off. I'm back to myself. Is it because of how you got here? I think... My upbringing also counts. Mm. What what does it take? In and I'm just hoping that you can use your example um, to answer this for me. What, what does it take to survive as a developer in Ghana? Not just survive as a learn your trade, but actually survive as a make money. You know, like do you make money? So there are a lot of opportunities that will make uh, give you the opportunity to make money. If you are really good, like with your skills, because I know there are a lot of job uh, that are open, open jobs, but they are not getting the right people for it. Yeah, so if you are really good, there are opportunities. Even though, like, it is not as compared to other places. You know, we developers, we are more online. You see how other people are earning, and sometimes you want to end the same way. In Ghana, sometimes it's really difficult. Mm. So sometimes you get, ah, no, go and do this for this amount. I will not do it. And it's something I also do a lot. So, so in terms of the, the wage structure, for want of a better expression, but in terms of how you are, how you earn a living, how do you earn a living as an independent developer in, in Ghana? So... They are currently I'm uh, registered on a website called Upwork. So even though I don't work there more often, but at least 
what I need to really sustain me, I actually get it. Mm. So because of also of the dollar rate. So sometimes if you do something and let's say fifteen dollars, like when you convert it, at least it will hold you on for like a week or something. So most of these jobs that you're getting are not even in Ghana, basically. Yeah. Do you get Ghana jobs? Like, do you get people in Ghana offering you jobs? Or is there a platform where you can get jobs in Ghana? So, in Ghana, yes, I, I get job offers in Ghana. But just as I mentioned, some of them, like, I will actually readily do something for free than to be underpaid. That one. So, some, some of them, like, these days you hear a lot of people tell you, I like money, yes. I was actually teaching, I stopped, and I, so I cannot just come and undersell myself. And I also, it, when you, also, you know your stuff, so, so it's like, I know what I'm doing. So if you are not really ready to pay me for that, I think I just have to move on. If I'm helping you for free, I'm helping you for free. Mm. I will not allow you to tell me you are paying me for it, but it's actually not at par. That one will not accept it. Are there times when you don't make any money? Yeah. There are times like you can go like less almost a month, like you don't have a single city coming in. So that's where like the support system also comes in. So like just as I mentioned, some people are not ready to share their problems. So let's say you have friends who are in that tense with you, okay. This is it. Oh, I don't have any money. And because we know, like, what we are doing, so sometimes, you know, yeah, it's real. Sometimes you can go without any money. So there, some people are ready to support you. And I feel... So sometimes I also support other people when I'm in the position because I feel it, that's the ecosystem. Someone helps you. It's not necessarily you giving a hand back to the same person. You also have to pull someone else along. So what happens when you don't, like... I mean, apart from people chipping in and assisting and stuff like that but when when a job when you're in a situation like that and a job comes and you honestly feel you're being like underpaid for it do you have an option to say no especially knowing that Charlie there's no other contract that's coming from anywhere do you still do you still walk away from opportunities like that yeah I think I've done some I've done for some you I mean yeah, I've done. You I walk away from some of them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's brave, though. Because sometimes, like, we are trying to build an ecosystem. So I'm someone. If I've gone through something that I'm not really happy about, I actually want to see that it is changed. Hmm. I don't want it to remain. So I feel like if I accept that, someone else should also accept it. Hmm. Yeah. So I even recently I remembered where speaking and someone was saying we were talking about internships and people were saying like remote internships and we were saying okay so i made it point blank that no one should take any remote internship that is not paying them hmm. and they said why like you are learning and i say yes but you are not going to learn as much as you are expecting to learn if someone is paying you he is ready to ensure that like you really deliver so they'll actually hold you more accountable but if they are not paying you, it's like you have your free way. You can decide, oh, today I'm tired. I will not do this. So you will not learn as much as like you are thinking, oh, I'm doing this to learn. 
but there are times like you really get discouraged so you need some a force to like really push you and that's where i feel like sometimes the money comes in when the person says hey i'm not going to pay you for this you know hey my money is a stick mm. what's been like your lowest point in in this journey so far my lowest point i think when i don't really have any money but sometimes i'm happy that that's when sometimes that's when i'm you see when you are passionate about something like even when you don't have anything like you still move on that sometimes if i don't even have money in my pockets but let's say i have data i can just be doing my own thing yeah i can just even be surfing youtube videos like watching nigerian comedy and my favorite the stalker <laughs> and he'll tell you hustle then i know man <laughs> let's get back and go and get some money if you had the chance to change anything because you talked about you know feeling very passionate about things that you feel were quote unquote like an injustice almost you would want to change it i am sure there are things that within the tech fraternity in ghana you would really really want to change and i just wanted to give you the opportunity to help us get an understanding of some of the things that you would want to to change but we're going to do that right after this so you realize that you've misplaced your purse does your bank help you with that because when you have that i can't believe it i've lost my card moment you can use the First National Bank mobile app to block your card and order a new one. You can also report any fraudulent activity on your account anytime, 24-7. And if you need cash, you can still withdraw at any First National Bank ATM without a card just by using the banking app. So you'll always have access to your money when you need it. See, it takes a bank that does more to help your family. So who is helping yours? First National Bank. How can we help you? You're still tuned in to 97.3 City FM. This is City Trends. We're having a conversation um, with Mike Perry Yabuatara, who basically was a basic school tutor, and he decided to ditch it all and follow his dream and passion of becoming a software engineer or programmer. And uh, we've he, he's told us quite a number of very interesting things. And, I mean, one of the things that... Uh, he talks about is sometimes you don't have the money but the passion is what really moves you but one of the things that i wanted to find out from you mike is the issue about the things you wanted to change i mean you've been doing this for quite a number of years and you've been in and out of various conferences various hubs and things like that you've been around um what are some of the things that you genuinely feel need to change within the tech ecosystem for us to be able to take it up to the next level the first thing is uh, salary. The first thing is actually uh, how wages. Most people are being underpaid. So it is also uh, making us lose most of the senior people that are actually to mentor the junior ones mm. in the ecosystem. Mm. Then there are also a lot of outreach programs, but I feel like they are not yielding enough, 
like the result I want to see. Sometimes, like you go for hackathons and you see, like just idea. Hackathons are places where like you go, you form a team, you really build something, you want to see tangible stuff. But like you go to hackathons and I've been to hackathons where like it's just like this person just came like to just talk and just want this thing. Mm-hmm. And which is not fair. So sometimes people feel like, oh, no, in Ghana you can just go and talk about your idea and that's all. Mm-hmm. That's all Hakaton is about, but which is actually very wrong. That's another thing I think should change. Then we need more uh, people, especially ladies. I don't know, you go for meetups sometimes, only one lady, about 25, 30 guys. Like, the balance, we actually want to see that balance. Talked about the balance. It's it's interesting. I mean, because this week I think um, Ivy Bali um, is one of the programs managers. I think at Microsoft, and she um, started off just a couple of years ago with Devin Vogue, but then now you know, basically representing Ghana on 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 that front there. Um, so big shout out to her. But how serious an issue is it in terms of the representation from you know more females you know coming into the space is it is it that they're just not there or they're just not vocal enough so i know some of them who are really good mm. but i will not say they are not vocal enough i would say i've not seen much of like mm. them i know mm. they are there but we want to see them like involved so sometimes when you go for meet i think there was time we, i was discussing this with oliver mensa mm. which who is the lead for Developer circles are crap. We have been discussing this quite a lot. Like, why don't ladies come for the meetup? So it's something like, if the ladies out there can really help us understand, we we'll really appreciate what actually holds them from attending. Such Just meetup. being in that space, being a yeah. part of the conversation. Is it because like there are too many males there, or what? Or do they get intimidated? Like maybe you are saying something that like maybe a guy made a comment so sometimes we need that feedback to be able to improve so personally there are times like i made comments that people tell me no this shouldn't have been said like i just think about it okay this was not fair and i just apologize so sometimes they should come out uh, because i know just as you mentioned i've ballet she's training a young a lot of females but we we are not seeing them that's one thing like mm. I mm. really want. We want to see them like get involved. Interesting stuff. Interesting. So I salaries. Know some of them. Mm. Yeah. Salaries. I think. So Ghana I mean, you, you talked about salaries. You talked about representation in terms of more women in the space. Is there anything else that you feel sh- we should be doing? We should be hammering on. We should be forcing ourselves to change to like I said, take us to the next level in terms of building a proper tech ecosystem in Ghana. So I think I mentioned hackathons as well. Mm. So you go for hackathons, there have been a series of hackathons organized in Ghana. But the question that is always on my mind is, how many of those solutions have really come out? Is it the funding? Or like when they is announced, do they really help them to build them or like just come talk about ideas? So just as you say, sometimes you must really call the shot. Like some of them, I don't see them to be like real hackathons. I think they are 
too many media hype sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And that's just as real as it is. That's, that's just as real as it is. There are no missing words there uh, for white. Right. So, what happens now? What, where are you building a company? Are you building an app? Are you built? What happens now? So, now I'm actually, just as I mentioned, I'm actually open to like joining any high growing company. But I'm very picky. <laughs> <laughs> So, like <laughs> okay. the salary must be good yeah that should motivate me enough like mm. developers we spend most of our between time. salary and the project which one is a priority for you like in terms of like a challenging project as against the salary which one which one will move you to pick between a or b so there are projects that i can work on it for free like if i'm really passionate about this idea i just want to see it come to life i don't mind working on it for free like i just want to dedicate to that but if i said i'm working like for we are business so we <laughs> have to really <laughs> are there any plans f that you have to build something like your own thing yeah mm. there are some ideas i'm exploring with uh josiah case and mm. uh, that's ispace Shout out to Josiah. Shout out You work with him a lot? No, like he recently started the MVP master class. Yeah. So there was an idea I was thinking about. So I actually joined the class, put mm. it behind him, and he gave me some assignment to like really polish it up and get back. With so that's one thing I think we need more. Like people who are open, like you can share your ideas with and like really help you develop. Mm. I mean, and it's, it, it, I mean, I have to confess, Josiah has done quite a, a lot for yeah. the space. And of course, big shouts to the folks at iSpace for all the work that you put in as well. Um, so before, before you take leave of us, um, Mike, any, any, any final words to anybody doing a listening today, listening to your story, um, anything you want to tell them? So uh, a lot of people want to get into tech because like you hear it is high paying. Yes, tech is hyping, but there are times like it's really difficult. If someone says uh, being in tech is not difficult, like it's not really true. <laughs> so like you must be really passionate. You must be focused, like know what exactly you want. So sometimes people want to become programmers, but what kind of programmer do you want to be? Do you want to be a mobile app developer? Do you want to d build web applications? What exactly do you want to do? And never forget the fundamentals. Like, I also see a lot of people just want to go to a level without having, like, a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And, like, when your foundation is actually not that strong, like, you actually fall. That's one thing. So just make sure. And especially to my folks who are learning programming, like, beginners, like, just focus on the fundamentals. Make sure your basics are right, solid, and you'll be okay well mike thank you so much um we have a quick message here um 
Um, this is coming from Simon from Accra, Newtown. I'm greatly inspired to pursue my passion in computer sciences amid the challenges. Um, um, and I'm, I'm pursuing my passion with utmost alacrity. Interesting choice of words there, Simon. Thank you so much, Simon, for sending a message. In. And thank you so much, Mike um, Perry Boatara, for, um, for making time to join us. How can people get in touch with you, um, you know, and some of the stuff that you do in case, you know, they would want to meet you um, halfway, you know, in negotiations for okay, employment so and things like I that. I think um, well, if you go to mykatara.com, mm -hmm. yeah, I have a small page there that links to all my social media pages. Right. Yeah. So m w w dot m i k e a t t a r a dot c o m. Yeah. Brilliant. You will be able to find every information you need about me there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mike, for making time to join us on the show. I think we almost forgot one thing. You can't have an interview with a guy like Mike without concluding with a few shout outs. So Mike, please, you're, this is the moment. So shout out to Oliver Mensah, Developer Circles, uh, Noah, uh, that's Python Ghana, Abigail, Michael, that's at Impact Hub. He is one of my strong support system. I think Will Impact Hub, he is doing a great work Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Shouts to Will. Um, thank you so much, Will, for everything you do for the ecosystem. Yeah. So, and also my grandma. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is one of my greatest support system. Mm. She, uh, she will always do anything for me. Mm. Like she's always ready, ever ready to support, even if it is her last. She's ready to support me, and I'm really grateful for that. Love that. Love that. Love that. No better way to end this conversation but on that. We have the app segment and the training segment. And of course, your tech coming up. Don't go anywhere. We have a message here from um, Dominic from Pukwase from He says, I feel your guy is like me. Um, I am an MSc accounting and finance guy and I'm in love with tech. Have basics in VBA, Python, WordPress, Eliminator. Uh, Elementor, sorry. Um, I'm looking forward to scale up this year. Nice interview. Well, thank you so much for um, getting in touch with us uh, with our message. I really appreciate that. Um, we also have some folks sending in some stuff about um, 
um, their devices. But we will get into your tech in a bit. But for now, we are jumping straight into the app segment of the show. And Jeffrey Orekusapong is here. Jeffrey. Hello, Philip. Good evening and good evening to all your listeners. <laughs> very politically. Charlie. Oh, yeah. These days, that's my tagline. Very, 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 very political. Okay. Anyway. So, Phil, when was the last time you tried to stay away from your phone and succeeded for, say, three hours? That's never possible. I don't think I've ever been able to do that before. <laughs> okay. So, today's app is supposed to help you do something like that. Sort of a challenge to yourself. Why it's would called, I want to do that, though? So, you select specific apps Sorry, that you listen, want to Sorry, is there any reason why you would want to stay away from your phone for up to three hours? Like, I, I want to understand. We are fasting way. But anyway, okay. okay. So, so, the app is called Desert Island. Desert Island. Yes. I can imagine what it will do. Okay. So, you select some apps that you allow yourself to use. Uh-huh. Let's say three apps. You've told yourself today, I'm using only Facebook, Twitter, and WhatsApp. Every other app. So for 24 hours, those are the only apps you'll be using. If you succeed, you have the personal bragging rights. Wait, that's all? Bragging rights? I mean, you don't have to be on your phone all the time. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but is that all you get? Bragging rights? In time. No, think about it. In time, you stop depending on your phone. You... Sometimes you'll be on your phone and you'll be working. Sure, because I'm working. Like, is I'm working. All the time I work? need my phone is it work all every the time. time you are That's working? why I have two power banks. I need my phone all the time. <laughs> like, I don't... And all you get is bragging rights. Yes. Just bragging you, rights. I am proud of myself. Me. Okay. Okay, so okay, okay. okay. You remember okay, this no, evening? See, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me. Reading. Maybe it's just me. But... The listeners have their own opinion about yes. that, and I'm guessing they might want to try it out. So, what is the app again? And just it's walk us through Desert what it does once again. Desert Island. Yes. Okay. And it so does what? It allows you to choose essential apps you, that you want to use in 24 hours. Every other app will not be touched. It does. Wait. Is it that it doesn't open at all? Yes. If you, you can, can't open it. Yes. Unless you tell the app, it's okay. I give up. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> he says that the app is called Desert, Desert Island. D E S E R T space I S L A N D. Only for Android users. Only for even worse. I mean, no, it's not worse. I mean, it's by Google. You that's fine. Tell Apple so to do Desert for Island. You. Yes. Okay. I mean, it sort of sounds like screen time on iOS, especially because because I think that. If we have to like push it to the limit, mm -hmm. like no matter what happens, you shouldn't get access to the apps that are not included. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, mm -hmm. but if I can still, no, you know, you, decide it not you to. Also, that you're not as disciplined as you want to be. What well, that's someone's problem. But that's anyway, your problem. It's it's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting overly worked up about this. It's not about me. So, uh, Desert Island is the app that we have for you today. It is basically a well-being app, basically. And I'm guessing it's supposed to help you to be able to manage how much screen time and yeah. how much time you spend on your phone. Just build a little discipline. Um, clearly, it's not an app for me, but it could be an app for you. So please do check it out. Those of us who are always and, on our phones, um, even when we walk. Yeah, you know? so please check it out and let's let's see how we can survive. Because I don't know how I'm going to survive 
that one. It's <laughs> it's an app for Jeffrey and everybody else doing the listening. But yeah, probably no, even Yao. Yao even Yao won't use it. <laughs> so I don't know. Um but yeah, um if you want to, um please do check it out. I think I think it really makes sense that you should. Um I have nine hours and thirty nine minutes on average of how screen much has time. been on Twitter. Social networking is eleven hours on average. Entertainment Wait, is people, three are hours. You listening? Out of and productivity hours, is spent... two hours and fifty <laughs> Yeah. That is how I eleven spend. hours out of twenty four. I pick up my device on one hundred and twenty four times in a day. Mm-hmm. On Tuesdays I, I pick up my phone <laughs> most on Tuesdays. Okay, that one that's one hundred and forty five times. That we understand because total pickups is two hundred and forty seven. In no, 247 in a day. A day. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And first used after pickup. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> iMessage, Facebook, Twitter. No WhatsApp. Oh. Notifications. Oh, yeah, yeah. On a daily, uh-huh. I get 1,161 notifications a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, that's on average. Can we switch Philip to Android but then, so he starts using but Desert then, Island? Let's see. So WhatsApp, for example, and the average is 1,161. Mm. But then WhatsApp, I get 1,970 notifications. Oh, <laughs> Twitter is 146. Oh, God. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> total screen time. Total screen time is 19 hours, 19 minutes. Updated today as at 7.50. As at one minute ago. But anyway, so please do check out um, the app that is you made for proud. you. <laughs> the app that is made for you. Um, and um, yeah, let's see how we survive that because I won't survive and I won't even pretend like I'm going to try and survive. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. Um, moving on now to your tech. Um, and Ellen is here um, with some problems and some solutions from some of you. Over to you, Ellen. Yes. So, um, I got in touch with Taiba. She, she's from Kaswa. And she has issues with um, her SIM card. Oh, yeah. Let me just say her SIM card. Mm. So, let's listen to her problem. The thing is that I got the phone in December. I, I think around 30th December. And then since that time, I think after I put my SIM in the phone, in the evening, I saw something like um, no SIM on the phone. But then it had been working when I, I put during the day, it had been working. And so since that time, the phone will be there and then you see no SIM or no service. And then suddenly when it is no service, it, it could come back. Like you could get the service back. But then when it is no SIM, you have to restart the phone before you get the network again. I use MTN, but then last week I put Tigo in it. It was the same problem. I have a feeling that it's not an original phone. I bought it from a friend who I trusted. So when I bought it, I didn't check so many things from it. Now it's an iPhone 5. So my brother wanted to buy the same type. And I had an old one there. So he said I should take a picture all this thing to him. So when I took that old one, I looked behind and I realized that, you know, when you buy iPhone, there's this thing they write beneath the back. So I realized that that inscription is not on my phone, my new one. Oh. Mm-hmm. That will leave you very worried. 
and it bothers me because I think last week too we had a similar issue where somebody bought a phone from somewhere, somewhere in quotes. And then now <coughs> there are problems. <laughs> and there are problems and it's sad how they are not able to go back to where they got the phones exactly. from. Because you can't even locate yes. where specifically you got the phones <laughs> yes. yeah. Anyway. Is there a solution? <laughs> of course, okay. there's a solution. All right. Let's, Let's listen to that. Taiba, an iPhone 5 uses a nano SIM. Usually, when you buy an iPhone 5 or any other iPhone or phone that uses a nano SIM, you need to cut the normal SIM card or the micro SIM card to the size of the nano SIM. If you are having a no SIM card or no network, it might be that the SIM card was not properly cut. You can change and find another person to cut a new SIM card for you and you can test with that. It can also be that the phone is not properly unlocked. Phones bought on networks in other countries are normally locked to a particular network. In order to use the phone on our local networks, you will have to unlock them. Sometimes, because of how expensive the unlocking costs are, suppliers will instead use what is called or referred to as a GBSIM. A very flat attachment similar to a SIM card that is attached to the normal network SIM card and inserted into the phone. If that does not go well, you might also experience no SIM card or no network issues. Lastly, based on your description, it, there's a possibility of the phone being a fake. I suspect a refurbished phone. You might want to have a second talk with the person you purchased the phone from ask for a refund and get an original phone <sighs> i think is the last one but it's okay it's okay it's okay but please a little advice yes please and please get your gadgets from trusted people trusted places from the right sources and let's save ourselves from issues like this. Questionable issues. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Ellen, thank you so much. Moving on finally now to uh, Mr. Entry. Um, for updates on what's been happening within the tech space. Yeah. Hi, Philip. Yeah, so today we bring you stories from across the world in the tech ecosystem. So starting off, starting off with something on coronavirus. So most tech, big tech companies are helping fight uh, misinformation around coronavirus. Mm. So one of those, I think last week we brought you about something, the World Health Organization partnering with TikTok to yeah. kind of create a channel on TikTok to address the misinformation there. Yeah. So other, other channels like Facebook, Facebook has joined that. So if, if you are to search for coronavirus on Facebook, the first account that will pop up will be the World Health Service with some videos on what it is, how to get it, how to control it, how do you know you've gotten it. Right. And if you do that on Google too, the same thing happens. That's nice. So it, it, it's, it's one thing. One other thing is Facebook has also banned face, banned face marks ads on its side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to, to one other thing, so Twitter CEO, mm -hmm. I think last year, November, he was in Africa mm 
across uh, he moved across one of most of the big tech regions in Africa. And then he announced that he will be coming back in Africa. He did. Yes, to spend some time, I think a couple of months. Mm. Yeah. And then somewhere last week he announced that 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 wouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Considering everything happening in this yes. company, I can imagine <laughs> yes. that he wouldn't. For he cited that uh, it won't happen because of one coronavirus. Naturally. And then the second things, other things happening. The other things happening. <laughs> he is at risk of losing yes. his place in his company. Yes. He is, this that's, is not a time to be traveling to Africa no, and fraternizing no, 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 no. and trying to figure out the African no, no, culture, no, 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 no. his roots and things. No, no this no, is no, not no. the time. That's, but anyway, this is not the right yeah, time. This is not the right time. Yeah. Um, so moving on to something I hope. But you can blame it on Corona. It's okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. it won't be too we upset. understand. <laughs> We want to talk to our home. So MTN has launched a, a digital-based academic competition for universities, okay. which is UniGeek. UniGeek. Yeah, UniGeek Challenge. Mm. So uh, it's a competition between nine universities which are participating. So okay. all nations University, Ashasi, KNUST, University of Ghana, Cape Coast University, University of Development, and then Ghana Technology University College. Mm. Yes. So I think... Uh, is is a, a challenge between these universities mm. and then the winning the winning school is going to take home 50 yes i think so and i mean it's 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 interesting yes um um the fact that they have a project as a first part of the competition yeah. and then they're going to have like a series of questions and answers and stuff like like a quiz sort of competition you know somewhere in april i think it's it's a pretty it's interesting a great great initiative yeah, yeah. i think i think it's pretty cool yeah. but yes um two people that i believe we should give shouts to ivy Bali, um getting her, and all of them have gone to microsoft as yes. well um so two Ghanaians being um hooked by by microsoft in yeah. the past week ivy Bali um of um developers uh, in vogue and um one of our guests yes adam kuboji as well um being hooked up by uh, microsoft in the last week i don't know what it is they're trying to do in ghana but um it's nice to have those two bright lights of ghana making it big up there and um you know doing what they do best which is contributing positively to the ecosystem globally and what we just want to say a big congratulations to them wherever in whatever capacity they are there yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. care <laughs> just just be there and yeah. push the Ghana yes. agenda that's what we care about that's what we care about but yeah um yeah big big shouts to them any any other stories quickly before we go that's it for the that, week. that's it for the week but you can basically follow mr entry yeah, on you twitter can reach me on twitter oy entry and then on linkedin your entry also um it's ea dapa on twitter that's ellen by the way yeah. and jeffrey um oj sap on on twitter brilliant so that will be all we'll draw the curtains down on today's show a big thank you to all of you for doing the listening for sending in your comments for following the conversation on twitter and everything else in between a big thank you to our par partners and our sponsors first national bank thank you so much for holding us down on the show and a big thank you to everyone um, who supports the tech ecosystem in Ghana and helping it to grow one day at a time. The show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow. So please look out for it on all the podcast platforms. My name is Philip Pachon. Till next week, stay techy.